sent that out so I hope that he gets uh, somebody qualified that can be a um, webmaster for his new TrueTube he's calling it TrueTube which is a smart thing to do um, so that people associate it with YouTube and they won't forget what it is but it'll be just like YouTube only without all of the um, censoring that goes on. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so, wow, that's pretty. Jeez. That's really long. It's Dennis Basso. He's such a good designer. Oh, my. Um, let's see. Okay, now I have a couple other things. I have the age of superhumans, and it's gene editing, which I think I'd like to watch that very much. Um, I have um, Cardinal Burke. I have Atlantis, Fallen Angels, and Art. Archaic something or other. So let's do the age of superhumans, if you don't mind. I really want to see what that's about. You know that apps and websites are collecting your data. You know that some devices are always listening to you. That GPS. designer mutations, designer gene changes in animals and also in humans. So it's a bacterial immune system that corrects genes and we use it all the time now. It's actually what's interesting about it is we've been able to mutate genes for many years but this is dial up a gene mutation. You can choose exactly where you want to make it and recently Chinese researcher in our field came out and said he's engineered a couple of twin girls with CRISPR to be resistant to HIV AIDS virus. The field of DNA editing and medical genetics is changing much faster than we think. AI and CRISPR technology have been making revolutionary changes to the field of medicine. Artificial intelligence is being applied in identification of harmful genes and treatment of disease. Though the specific use cases and applications are numerous, the importance of AI in healthcare and its impact on the biotech industry could grow exponentially in the near future. Multiple new gene editing technologies in addition to artificial intelligence will cause major changes in healthcare. The gene editing tool, CRISPR, short for cluster, regularly interspaced short palindrome repeats, could help us to reprogram life. It gives scientists more power and precision than they ever had to alter human DNA. This new power includes the possibility of making people smarter. Even before CRISPR, was used on human embryos, the technology was used to modify simple animals. There, the goal was to demonstrate that the technology worked. 
these experiments made us aware that with CRISPR, we could do a lot more than we previously thought we could. Scientists use CRISPR to change, delete, or add DNA to any organism, from a human embryo to a pig to a wheat crop. CRISPR does this by subduing a specific part of the genome and then injecting a new piece of DNA into the genome instead. So CRISPR is an acronym for basically a system that is from bacteria that they use to kill and destroy the DNA of invading organisms like a virus. But we can now use that system to cut and change our own genomes. It's basically a, a DNA cutting enzyme that doesn't cut randomly. You can give it a barcode in the form of what's called the RNA molecule that tells where that enzyme will cut in the genome. Let's say you have a terrible gene that's causing heart disease. We take this CRISPR system, we say, here's where you need to go to cut. We can tell the enzyme to go and cut it, put it into your cells, it'll go cut it and destroy that enzyme and delete it. And you can also use it to cut the genome and insert new pieces. So you can both subtract and add DNA at will now, not just randomly, but what's important is you can tell it where to go. And that's the big breakthrough. Preparing enough high quality data for a machine learning project can be difficult. Today, teams have to collect, clean, and edit. Currently, gene editing is already used in research fields such as human health, agriculture, and environmental protection. However, CRISPR as a tool for human genetic engineering is still in its early stage development. With the development of CRISPR as a tool for genetic engineering, it is possible that more scientific advances are to come. Let us consider the possible advantages and disadvantages of this technology. In case of diseases, CRISPR has a lot of potential advantages. CRISPR technology holds a lot of promises, but we should be careful in applying it to humans, animals and plants, as it may promote and accelerate some negative phenomena on the environment and on humans. Moreover, many potential side effects have not been analysed yet. Could it be conceivable that at one point in the future, we could increase the average IQ of the population? According to UCLA neurobiologist, the work in mice demonstrates the answer may be yes. I like being dumb. Sometimes a person or animal is born with a mutation in their genome. These mutations can be small or large, and they can have many different effects. It's Such mutations are often purposeless or random, and they can have no effect on our intelligence. This shown by the fact that gene mutations that happened millions of years ago are still present in the genes of living organisms on Earth. Evolution has had plenty of time to correct them and eradicate them, but many of them are still there. In fact, many of the mutations that show up in human DNA are harmful. The apparently large genetic contribution has detrimental effects on everyday life, ranging from a person being slightly more vulnerable to certain diseases, to mental retardation, to causing death immediately after birth. CRISPR technology in the future could enable efficient and affordable treatment of diseases such as diabetes, Alzheimer's, cystic fibrosis, muscular dystrophy, or even rheumatoid arthritis. We believe we understand how to slow aging. There are genes that predispose you to a long life. We could make offspring a family that would potentially live a lot longer. Actually, there are drugs that are in development to actually correct genetic diseases, such as vision loss. What we're showing is in mice at least, we can reverse the age of the retina and restore the vision of old mice. So we'd reprogram the eye to be young again. So we now know that there's a set of genes called reprogramming factors, also known as Yamanaka factors, that are from named after this Japanese 
fellow who won the Nobel Prize in 2012. These factors are used all over the world, even to reprogram skin cells, other cells to be what we call pluripotent stem cells. These are cells that can be used to make new organs or new blood cells. But what people hadn't tried until recently was, can you do this in a living animal? Or are you just going to mess it up? And what we found out is that if you do it the wrong way, you mess up the animal and it'll die. But what we've shown for the first time in this paper is you can do it in a safe way. And not only that, reverse the clock, make the cells young and restore how they work and get back vision. Music's supposed to feel good. It doesn't matter what chords we're playing and what tension and progression, it's just supposed to feel good. I make music because I love it. <laughs> CRISPR was originally designed as a technique for editing the DNA in living organisms, but its uses and capabilities have expanded substantially. It is now used widely for biomedical research, including research into human genetics. One of the main issues concerning technologies such as CRISPR-Cas9 is accuracy and safety, as mistakes can have significant and dangerous consequences when it comes to an individual's genome. However, CRISPR technology has a lot of potential benefits. It is not a completely new idea, and it can help treat diseases and genetic anomalies, and many scientists have made potential progress that CRISPR-Cas9 may be safer than viral therapies. Many people have expressed concerns about CRISPR technologies because they think it is incredibly controversial. There are questions of ethics and fairness as it could probably only be available to the wealthy to create designer babies with increased levels of intelligence. Intelligence is too complex to engineer. However, many researchers think that intelligence is influenced by genes and environment. Genes affect the developing baby's brain and environmental factors influence how the brain is used. Thus, it is possible that genetically engineered babies could be smarter as a result of the increased amount of oxygen to the developing brain thanks to gene editing. Research experiments already exist that create smart mouse babies. The question is whether it is going oh, to be possible to accomplish like... the same with human beings. And in mice, um, to restore the vision, we have this three-gene combination of these Yamanaka reprogramming genes. We put them into the eye, and then we turn them on with a drug called doxycycline. It's the same drug we can feed to the mice, turns on the reprogramming genes for a few weeks, restores their vision back to a young mouse, and then we just take away the doxycycline and antibiotic, and the mice have their vision back. That's the future, that you'll get a delivery of this virus, you'll take the antibiotic for a few weeks, be fully rejuvenated, and the doctor says, come back in a couple of decades, we'll fix you, and we'll give you some antibiotic in a couple of decades. But then it gets really weird if you have a, if you engineer your children to have this system, and you have people engineered to be able to be reversed in their age, or let's say they have an accident and their optic nerve gets damaged, or they lose their hearing, give them a dose, an IV of antibiotics, and they become just like an embryo, they can rejuvenate, they can regrow their optic nerve, regrow their spine, fixed, back like new. It may be possible that in the future, our genealogical records might be included in computer databases and future computer programs could use it. The advancements in artificial intelligence and CRISPR technology can make it possible to one day create a new breed of human-machine hybrids. However, the question concerning the safety of such technique in relation to humans is ongoing. We do not fully understand all the mechanisms related to the editing of the human genome. Additionally, the long-term and short-term effects of the gene editing interventions in humans are still unclear. CRISPR has given the scientific community a great leap. The 
prospect of improving our understanding of the genome will likely stimulate advances in both artificial intelligence and predictive medicine. stuff was uh, something that we acquired um, through you know the environment and things like that no they planted these things so that we would get these diseases so that when they rolled this out we would think okay good now we have something that we will be sure that we won't get these things so it's all a lie and uh, once, once you buy into this stuff, they got you. That's my thought on that. I'm not going to back up yet, because backing up just takes too long. So, I'm going to go back to where it was, and we'll take a look at what else we have out there. I'll remember CRISPR, because that's one of the things on my list for next year. I want to get to the bottom of it. I have a interesting uh, podcast with Robert Seffer. You, re- you may remember him because he does all the really beautiful 
um, podcast with beautiful music and beautiful architecture and history all rolled up in one. He does it all. And this one is about Atlantis, fallen angels, and archaic DNA. Sounds good to me. Let's see what he has to This is a commercial. I'm working on it. I have to buy with a premium to get rid of it. This is his. You can always tell. When we think of sunken cities, most of us think of Atlantis. According to the Greek philosopher Plato, it was a city of immense wealth, being rich in natural minerals and lush vegetation. Atlanteans were said to have built fantastic temples, displayed beautiful architecture, and created magnificent statues to the gods. Having once been a privileged and favored people, the Atlanteans became corrupt and degraded according to Plato, by interbreeding with mortals and diluting their noble seed, which allegedly descended from the gods. So Zeus gave Atlantis to Poseidon, and it was swallowed up by the sea. Plato said he learned of this myth from Solon, a very respected Athenian statesman, who in turn was told about the Atlantean Empire from the ancient Egyptians, who had retained its memory etched in stone in their temples. Oh, wait a minute. It could be, um, for your nails. Yeah, it's for your nails. Look at it. It's twinkling. Enclosures and courtyards 
such as no story, tale, or posy ever had before. But he was late in beginning and ended his life before his work. Therefore, the greater our delight in what he actually wrote, the greater is our distress in view of what he left undone. For as the Olympium in the city of Athens, so the tale of the lost Atlantis in the wisdom of Plato is the only one among many beautiful works to remain unfinished. Atlantis was said to be ruled by a confederation of kings, and its power extended over Libya as far as Egypt and over Europe as far as Tuscany. About 8,000 years before the Trojan War, Atlantis attempted to conquer the whole of the Mediterranean world, but was defeated by the Athenians and their allies. Of course, by the time of the Great War of the Gods, after which Atlantis met its demise, it was already a morally degraded society, which had already undergone generations of multiculturalism, which weakened their society, ethics, morals, and many of its inhabitants became materialistic, greedy, and a spiritually ugly civilization. According to Plato, quote, for many generations, as long as the divine nature lasted in them, they were obedient to the laws and well affectioned towards the God whose seed they were, for they possessed true and in every way great spirits. However, the Atlanteans became corrupt. When the divine portion began to fade away and became diluted too often and too much with the mortal admixture and the human nature got the upper hand, they then, being unable to bear their fortune, behaved unseemly and to him who had an eye to see grew visibly debased. as it takes out all the commercials. I tried to look for it the other so day. So, what did Plato mean by mortal admixture? When he said that the Atlanteans' divine portion began to fade away and became too diluted too often by the mortal admixture. While this passage has been the topic of much speculation and debate for centuries, it is only recently that modern science has unlocked the secrets of the human genome, not only sequencing the DNA of human races across the globe, but also sequencing the genetics of the various pre-human hominins, such as Neanderthal, Denisovans, Homo erectus, and other upright walking hominins, mm, okay. which in an anthropological it's context are not considered modern human. Better. In biology, taxonomy is the science of naming, defining, and classifying groups of biological organisms on the basis of shared characteristics. And despite what many people think, it is not quite set in stone. In other words, it's constantly changing as new discoveries are made and there's an ongoing debate as to how a species is defined. As in many cases, 
different organisms which have clearly different attributes, such as having a different number of chromosomes, can still Mm -hmm. produce viable offspring, yet by most standards cannot be considered the same species. An example I often give is the distinction between lions and tigers, which have a lot in common as both belong to the cat family, yet they clearly are not the same thing. They do not behave the same way. They have different genetics, different hunting methods. Tigers are longer than lions, more muscular, and generally heavier in weight. Although lions are taller than tigers, and obviously have a different appearance, such as the large manes male lions have around their faces. Tigers have stronger legs, and are much more active and agile when compared to lions. By nature, tigers are considered to be more aggressive than lions, while male lions are even thought to be lazy in a way. Lions generally like to live in large groups called prides, where one male is usually in charge, and it's the female lion who hunts for food, bringing prey back to the pride, as the male lions rely on females for their meals. On the other hand, tigers prefer to live and hunt on their own. Tigers hunt for their own prey in the jungle and then eat their catch alone. Therefore, one can say that lions are definitely more sociable than tigers. Yet despite these behavioral and physical differences due to having different genetics, lions and tigers can produce viable hybrid offspring together called ligers. Traditionally, it was believed that ligers are sterile, but recently, a liger in a zoo in Munich, Germany, gave birth. The father was a lion and the mother was a liger. So gene flow and hybridization can and does happen, and it has happened between different hominin species in humanity's past. On May 16th, three female liger cubs were born at the Novosibirsk Zoo. This is the second time Zeta has given birth. Last fall, the young Ligris gave birth to a female cub named Kiara. That said, like lions and tigers, the various upright walking hominins are not all the same. They did not have the same IQ, which is an attribute of genetics, and they did not behave the same either. While some hominins, such as Cro-Magnon, developed agricultural communities, which is attested to by their prominent chin and lack of prognathism, an agricultural trait, meaning how far the mouth sticks out from the face, other hominins, such as Homo erectus, have never displayed any agricultural civilization for millions of years, always living as hunter-gatherers in small packs without any advanced tools such as bow and arrows or bifacial tool technology used in spears. Cro-Magnon lived in larger agricultural communities, domesticated animals such as horses and cattle, it's the best had a much larger cranial capacity and produced fine art while living together in strong communities. 
Homo erectus did not behave the same way, did not produce the same tools, was not seafaring, did not produce architecture, did not produce pyramids, did not domesticate animals, ride horses, chariots, have a wheel, or travel the world. Modern humanity, to various degrees, are a combination of these various traits and genetics. And for this reason, different demographics behave differently, the same way that tigers, lions, and ligers all behave differently. Some of these cats like water, some do not like water, and likewise, we can see variation in human behavior, variation in human intelligence, variation in athletic performance, and community or social skills. In this context, one can better understand what Plato might have been alluding to when he spoke of admixture of the Atlanteans, which altered their civilization and degraded it into something more violent and, in his words, visibly debased. Of course, this genetic hybridization is mirrored in the passages of the Bible, such as Genesis, and similar works, such as the book of Enoch, where it says that, quote, And it came to pass, when the sons of men had increased, that in those days they were born to them fair and beautiful daughters, and the angels, the sons of heaven, saw them and desired them. And they said to one another, Come, let us choose for ourselves wives from the children of men, and let us beget for ourselves children. You know that apps and websites are collecting your data. You know that some devices are always... In modern times, many people have equated these ancient myths and biblical stories to scenarios that one might hear in the UFO community, where interactions between people from space and people on Earth also result in hybrid offspring. One example of this theory was put forth in 1958 by alleged UFO contactee George Van Tassel, who worked for Douglas Aircraft, Hughes Aircraft, and Lockheed. The story of the spaceships and the people who operate them is not anything new. Some of the people in this country and around the world are trying to open their minds to the point where they could accept possibly that somebody somewhere on another planet is intelligent enough to fly here and uh, observe us super beings. This isn't actually the case at all. These people originally colonized this planet. Their ancestors and ours are the same people way back in history. The people in these craft coming here are the same people that our Bible is written about. They're called angels to us by the church simply because we don't understand what angels are. Now the story of Adam, which has been misunderstood, Darwin tried to tie us up with the apes and couldn't find the missing link. Adam was a colony landed on this planet by the ancestors of these people coming here today. 
that's where we got the name Adam in the Bible. Because these people are of the tribe of Adam. The Adamic people landed here and very much as we would do on a planet that was practically uninhabitable. If we landed on a strange planet, we would send a crew of men up there to kind of knock off the rough corners before we took our women along. And that's exactly what they did. And it tells you that in the Bible, too. It tells you they were lonesome. They had no helpmate. It says they in the plural, too. It doesn't say he. And Adam is referred to as them in the plural many times. These, the true race of man, that's what they are. We are, we are humans and they are man. There's a difference. Man was given dominion all, over all things, not humans. The true race of man in the colonization of this planet found here an upright, beautiful creature. The Bible says these creatures were upright and beautiful. That's the thing that Darwin tried to tie us together with when he tried to have us evolve from an ape. Never happened that way. The missing link that Darwin couldn't find was breeding. It was during the course of the time the Adamic man was on this planet that he didn't have his helpmate that he found he could mate with these upright animals. And the crossbreed descendants of that original sin or crossing of species is the human race. We today are descendants of that original sin. We're not responsible for it, but that's what it was. That has never been properly explained. These people's explanation of it is the, the best to my knowledge that I've ever heard. Now it stands to reason that if Eve, which they say was a race of these upright creatures, both male and female, there weren't just the women, there were men and women of this upright creature, but they weren't of the race of man. These people explained it that way. They said the race of Eve were these upright creatures, and the race of Adamic man were the colony they landed here. Now you can understand the misunderstanding of religion today simply because the interpretation of religion hasn't been authentic. The people who have interpreted it and administered have not understood it themselves. Now further on, this went on all through the Bible, different people landing, messengers, Lot talked to them, many cases it tells you about these people came, these angels came, and they entertained them overnight, took them into their house, they especially washed their feet, which seemed to be a, a symbol of honor among people then. Now you don't wash the feet of spooks, they gotta be people, that's all there is to them. You can't wash the feet of a spirit or a, a spook or ectoplasm or protoplasm or any other kind of plasma. The feet they washed were people's feet, just like us. And it tells you this further in the Bible, that these angels are people. 
because it tells you not to lock your doors at night. You may entertain angels unawares. Now, an angel must look like us if we would entertain someone unawares. Certainly, if an angel looked any different than our people here, we would know the difference. We would not entertain them unawares. All through the records of the Old Testament, the New Testament is given this evidence that these were people. Well, this is a bad support. Back in those days when the Bible Christ. was written, when the average person didn't even own a donkey, and a chariot was the highest form of mechanized transportation they had, and the royalty rode on a white horse, that if people came out of the sky and got out of a ship and walked among them and looked like them, that the only way they could separate those people from the people who lived on the ground was to designate them symbolically in some way, which they did. They are around this planet in great numbers. They have always been here. They've always had ships around the planet observing things. Naturally, you can see why they didn't want to mix with us. Because this is a sick planet. We are the descendants of a mistake their forefathers made in violation of the law. Therefore, they look upon us as their responsibility. And that's primarily why they're around the planet. They know we are the only planet occupied in this solar system that are not capable of taking care of ourselves in this crisis that's coming. Go see joy. Go see love. Go see life through a different lens. And see it all with AccuView contact lenses, the brand... Whether there's any truth to this interpretation of the fallen angels is still speculation. But what is no longer speculation is that humanity is a hybrid species, which has been established by genetic research and should be obvious by the facts that there are still anomalies that occur during the hybridization process. The most obvious example being when the body of an Rh-negative mother tries to reject her own baby if it's Rh-positive as an allergic reaction, recognizing it as foreign to herself which in modern times is easily taken care of through the use of a shot, but still speaks to the reality that this incompatibility is a result of hybridization and that we are descended from different hominin species, such as Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon, Denisovan, Homo erectus, that all interbred in ancient times mm -hmm. in what some recent articles refer to as a Lord of the Rings world, where ancient cultures interacted with each other, some advanced, some primitive, some agricultural, some hunter-gatherer, and the idea that humanity is the result of a smooth, linear evolution from a single source is proven false, as certain populations have DNA exclusive to themselves, such as West Africans, which have archaic genetic contributions from what scientists call a ghost species, hmm. which some geneticists believe is probably related to Homo erectus, which is
which is not found in the DNA of Asians and Caucasians. Mm. We call it a ghost population because this is not a population which we have identified based on any fossil evidence. Mm. And what we find is this model, which has a ghost introgressing into the African population, does explain this conditional site frequency spectrum. Mm. We also looked at other models, other models of introgression. Maybe this is not really a ghost, maybe it's, it's the Neanderthals coming back together and mixing. Turns out, again, we could reject this, it doesn't fit our data, and we can reject this model at a fairly stringent p-value. And one of the interesting aspects of this is this was a population that split off prior to Neanderthals splitting off from modern humans. So it's a fairly old population. And almost 11% of the ancestry of Africans comes from this ghost archaic population. So mm -hmm. compared to the 2% or the 3% attributable to Neanderthals and Denisovans. So this had a fairly big impact in terms of how much ancestry comes from this population. Which That's is not found in the DNA of Asians and Caucasians, yeah. which makes the ancient myths, legends, and biblical stories sound more plausible regardless of whether UFOs were involved or not. And the obsolete theories, such as the out of Africa hypothesis, sounds more and more like a politically motivated fairy tale. My name is Robert Sepper. I'm an anthropologist. My published work is available on Amazon. My books make a great gift. If you'd like to support my work, you can do that through patreon.com. There should be a link in the description section for those that are interested. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Please hit the like button and don't forget to subscribe for future updates. As always, I look forward to reading your thoughts. So please leave a comment below. Please have a wonderful week and I hope to see you again soon. Yeah, that, uh, wow, this archaic DNA, um, and then, uh, this ghost population of the Africans not having the same, um, qualities in their DNA as the European types, northern areas. That wasn't really explained that well, I don't think, because I'm not making a connection on that. But yeah, um, you monkey around with DNA, it's not good. It's not good. It should be banned. It should be banned. It really should. Except on the occasion that it helps somebody. That's the only time. Otherwise it should be banned. That's my thought. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.